podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. We're on. And today's guest, we've got the beautiful Marilyn Wisby. Marilyn, you've got a, a bit of a crazy lifestyle. Your dad was Tommy Wisby, who was involved in a great train robbery. Your ex-partner was Mad Frankie Fraser. And your godfather is Frankie For- uh, Freddie Foreman. So it's a bit of a crazy circle, that. Um, how's things? Well, uh, yeah, that's a good thing what you mentioned, the three musketeers, I suppose. But... <laughs> Um, looking back, I, I believe I'm probably the product of the environment. Yeah, you kind of you get used to the, the craziness. Yes. But yeah. we'll go right back to the start and where you were born and how was your life growing up, especially with your dad being one of the most famous bank robbers in the world at that train point? Robber. Train he, robber. He loved yeah. trains, James. Mm-hmm. Um, he loved the Western um, films. I can remember in the 60s when we did get TV, be watching the old cowboys on the horses robbing the trains and I think it was inbred with him he may have you know wanted to well yeah ended up being one minus a horse <laughs> how old were you when your dad did the robbery I was nine years of age I was the oldest child out of all the train robbers children and um folk well I can remember exactly um I kept asking me mum Where's Daddy? She said, oh, he's joined the army. Until I, me and my sister went down to the shop in our roller skates. And years ago, they used to have the newspapers all folded. And across the newspaper was all the pictures of the robbers, train robbers captured. And I looked down, I see a picture of my dad. And um, went racing back to my mum. You told lies, you told lies, da-da-da. Um, I got all upset, you know. Why didn't you tell me? She's very young. You'd, you'd have, you'd have remembered it then. You'd have remembered. Oh yeah. Because it was at two point three million, which is the equivalent of over fifty million today. Well, someone totted it up and said it was about sixty million. Yeah. And hundred thousand pounds was left in a mailbag. I, f- I believe it was for one of the. Um, Crooked policeman. <laughs> yeah, was it? Because I read about Detective. that. Yeah, your, your dad's story. Because your dad sadly passed away three years ago. Oh, but yes. he's got his book out the wrong side of the tracks, and they said that it was was a police officer officer wanted money to get rid of evidence or to hide evidence. Yes. For well, maybe, um, maybe that was it. But obviously, I wasn't there. So, how was the police and stuff? Them at the time when you were looking for your dad and um he he, he got a phone call or no what happens butler came up as my mum was having her hair done and searched the gaff and f- said what she said he said where's tom she said oh i don't know and then they found a, a postcard that my dad had sent because he'd gone on with um crowd of other fellas that weren't criminals. He went away with a butcher, a taxi driver, you know, all straight working friends of his. He kept his criminal friends separate to his straight friends. Where did your dad go after the night of the robbery? Did they go on the run? Whereabouts did they go? 
Well, to be honest, James, it's all in wrong side of the mm-hmm. tracks, the book. So I prefer... No giving too much away? No. Where can people get the book? On Amazon. Amazon. Or any other, you know, online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sells so, for Some read it, some story, because I believe your dad was the second person, the second last person of the train robbery gang to be who passed away. There's That's one right. left. Four never got caught, Mr. Big. But, you know, there's um, other things coming out, projects, so um, I stand to the people that are producing them. How well connected was your dad in London at the time? He was very low, low profile, my dad. But apparently um, he was a, a career thief. I mean, prior to the train robbery, I never saw him hardly, to be honest, because we was time you come in time you come in I'd be asleep getting ready for school you know he was a lovely dad he yeah, never what did your dad get what did he, 30 years yeah he got sentenced to 30 years and um, he was in he, he was in rule 43 for two years and my mum campaigned probably like once she got once the sentences were um, given she started campaigning I kept really pushing it to the Home Office. Why, you know, 30 years? And they, the Home Office said, your, your, your husband won't do 30 years. He'll do 12 and a half. And that was, he was right. That was, you know. It was quite a big sentence for a robbery. 30 well, years. Cons- yes. Considering they didn't have any guns, you know, um, what would they have got then if they'd have used guns? 30 years, I suppose. Why did they not use guns? Was that part of the plan? They had coshes, like my dad's but, team from South London used the coshes just to frighten the workers inside the um, train, you know, mm-hmm. sorting place on inside the train. So when your dad got the 30 years, obviously you've been involved in prisons and going up and down in visits and that kind of life. When you met Mad Frankie Fraser, how did that one become? How did that become about? Can you ask me one question? The Scottish, we talk fast. <laughs> how did? Because do you think going up to the prisons all the time and spending a lot of time with your dad and that kind of underworld, that's why you kind of got the connection for a gangster like Mad Frankie Fraser. Um. No, not really. Um, it was when I, I sort of got older, sort of thing. When I was younger, I didn't. He was put in Rule Forty Three, and then when we did visit him, my poor dad, and then was like, we was on a visit with a thick screen, you know, went like a window, couldn't get hold of him and kiss him, or he couldn't cuddle us, you know. So how did you meet Frank? Oh, that was many years later, mm-hmm. much uh, when I was 36. It's all in my book, Gangster's Mould. Apparently someone told me it sold over 300,000 mm-hmm. f- via the internet now. It's still selling. It didn't sell, hardly sell when I first brought it out because I think the climate of the book was a little bit, you know, <laughs> out there. <laughs> but people were buying it. How was how was the relationship with Frankie Fraser and Freddie Foreman? Because Freddie was friends with the Craze and 
Frankie well, was friends should, with the Richardsons. I think you should ask uh, Frank, uh, Fred that. But mm -hmm. if you can get past these all, all these minders from what I've heard today, you know, I, I sent a message by a good Scottish friend of mine, and they they couldn't get I couldn't get no answer from him because he was surrounded by hangers on. And yeah, you get that in that life though. Eh? It's a kind of celebrity lifestyle as well. We don't ever try and glorify anyone because it's a fucked up life. Well, Eddie don't have Eddie Richardson don't have minders around him, and nor does nor did Frank or me dad. Are you still ever speak to Freddie? Not really. No. Um, there was a little bit of going on at my dad's funeral, and um, I did. It was out of bad taste on both parts. But if I, had to, you know, um, oh, question was um, what I've, I've already answered. To be honest, with Fred, you know, with the hangers on, you know, yeah. uh, you don't see Eddie surrounded by minders. So, when is a good time to? To say something, you know. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a very. It tough... didn't upset me. Uh -huh. It didn't upset me because, like, a funeral's a funeral. Mm -hmm. I mean, you read loads of people getting, especially in America, where the people get shot at funerals. So, in that, as you say, in that world, but um, I've let that go. To be honest. So, when your relationship with Frank started, how old was he? Because he spent, I think, was it over forty years in prison? Frank yeah. was in. Frank spent well over, yeah, he come out doing the 20 and then he ended up get, doing something and getting 18 months for something so stupid. Was he ever, the nine years you were with him, was he ever in prison? I was with him 10 years. No, I kept him out of prison. It was well documented that mm -hmm. in the Times or some posh newspaper. Do you think at you... Least, uh, at least Marilyn's keeping him out of crime, but he went from strength to strength after I got his first book published because it was meant for me dad. Do you think you kept him on the straight and narrow then? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. How was the relationship for the 10 years? Oh, it was a, it was, it was a very funny relationship. Um, we was like good pals, you know. Um, as I said, I got his first book published because it was meant for me dad. When, and when he said, decided to stay with me he said the age gap so I said but Frank oh, we'll worry about that bridge when we come to it because it was a 30 years age gap I was 37 he was 67 and then finally when the age gap wore out with me because I was like I, anyway I said to him I, I sat him down I didn't even you know I had to be face to face with him couldn't just leave him when I decided to leave him. I said to him, Frank, I've, you know that bridge we was talking about? Well, I've come to it and I've met someone else. <laughs> how, was it, how was it that? How was that experience it was, for him? It was hard for me to sit him down, mm -hmm. but I, I had to be straight with him because I, I couldn't go cheating on him behind his back. You know, I, you know, I respected him. He was so mm -hmm. kind to me. Looking back on it, I was an idiot, really. I was, you know, I, I, I really regret leaving him. But you would have only been, what, 46, 47? He would have been 77, 78? Yeah. But you did have that talk at the start that once you come to that bridge that you would, you would tell him? Yeah. So I told him 
And um, how did they handle it? Well, not very good. Well, he handled it good. He, you know, he, he didn't hit me or nothing like that. He wasn't. It was never. He was never a violent person to me. Um, but in the end, what was it? Um, yeah, it was quoted as me leaving him, taking all the furniture. Well, that was impossible because he was looking after someone that was on the run. So unless he was gay and they slept with one another, that was not true because he, he you know, I left him with furniture, three-piece suite and mm. everything. How was the life for you mentally? How was that life with the constant police at the door, constant? No, it wasn't. Co no. Was it not? No. No. The only time, no. <laughs> the only time, oh, yes, no. One episode when I was with Frank, because it's in his book, my book, Gangster's Mall, his book's called Mad Frank, was when there was a, someone fell on a motorbike, got shot, or some something to do with a fella got, I can't think of his name, it's in all the books, and they come round and gave us a spin. And uh, f no, there was nothing. Um, the only thing was, like, when we got done for the, the drugs, and that was, you know, mm -hmm. it was what it was sort of thing. And to be honest, um, black is black, white is white. Because as, a, as high profile names, they're very high profile, even to this day, they still get spoke about very frequently, especially the train robberies with your dad and the names that Frankie Fraser, even Freddie, even Freddie's yeah. still as they live in. He's, how were, how were you when uh, Frank passed? How was that for you? Did you go to the funeral or anything? Were you there? Yes, I went to the funeral with my father and um, Malcolm, the co-writer of his book. We went to the funeral. Yeah, it was sad. Um, I would have loved to have gone to make amends with him, which I did at one book launch down in Soho. Eddie was there, Martina Cole. And um, he sort of give me but his family didn't so um i would have loved to have seen him and you know gone to visit him in the nursing home but wasn't allowed to yeah but which was really but you know i mean blimey like i'm they could have understood but then again some people just don't get it do they yeah it's life sometimes you know twin couples it's what we discussed not yeah everybody out from everyone. the outers yeah how did your book? How did your book come about, uh, Gangsters Mall? You, oh, yeah. how did it come about? Yeah. Well, seeing that I got Frank's book first, uh, one published, um, he went on to write two other books, and we was with the editor of Little Brands, and he said, "Oh, she's got a book enough in her, you know, story," and uh, she said, "Oh, send me some bullets." So I said, Todd, do you mean live ones? Or <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise it. <laughs> she said, no, it's a, a phase like... Bullet points. Bullet points. So I sent her 20. She said, oh, my God. She said, yes, come down to the... We'll have an appointment. And we, we, When I was with Frank, there were so many funny stories with Frank. And he was asked once to go and collect some money. Big chunk of it actually, and uh, he was. I, I'm, I, was, I said, "What are you worried about?" He said, "I don't know to ask to, for a bit of support, you know." 
Anyway, I said, well, take me. I said, no one's going to f- think it's big if you take an heavy weight with you. Mm-hmm. He said, oh, he said, that's a good idea. Good job he did because we got finally got to the mansion. All he had to do was give a message and collect some money, let the person know that he he owed a certain person up north money. Anyway, the fella sent his person who stays at the gaff, come down, he must have gone running. Well, he did. He went running back to the door and so said it's Frank Fraser outside. So obviously, like, the, the police came along. I said, Frank, because it's one of them electrical gates where you press and, the phone, you know, mm-hmm. you can see the person on the phone. I said, the blue light's just coming down this country lane. <laughs> so you went So they said, any, anyway, they fuzzed on the thing. They said, we're coming to, you know, the norm, normal procedure, what they do. So he said, what, you know, he said, it's a man and a woman. He said, they searched my car. They searched for me and Frank. Found nothing. And he said, Turn around and said, well, I can't see what's the problem. So Frank said, well, I've only just, I'm only giving him a message. <laughs> so he said, well, yeah, that, it looks like it. You know, I said, don't worry. Anyway, they went to the police. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like they frightened all yeah. of a sudden Frank, you know, and he was just de- delivering the message. Yeah. How did you and Frank meet? We met down at the... Um, Oh, Tim Pan Alley Club just got out, got acquitted, and I thought I'll go back to the Tim Pan, have a drink and meet some people. And I was sitting on a stool singing crazy, and Frank was there with his partner, not his wife, turned around and said, are you taking the piss, it, piss out of me? I said, no, Frank, it's me, I'm Tommy's daughter. Oh, he said. And then um, I said, why don't you come and see him? Because we dad got, just got charged nine years for cocaine. Anyway, Frank and I made a meet and we went down to see him and uh, he forgot his ID and all of a sudden at the reception of Parkhurst, Frank's, he said, I can't let you in, you've got no ID. So Frank said, oh, he said, can I speak to the top security officer or the governor, please? He said, tell him it's Mad Frank at the reception because Frank had had a riot in there years years beforehand, you know. So the, the, the message come back, I'll let him in, let him in, just get him to sign the book. His old age pension card, you know, the uh-huh. Freedom Pass. So the song you were singing, Crazy, he thought you were singing it about him? Yes. <laughs> and then you went to go and visit your dad in prison, both of you? <laughs> so, so, yeah, so I must have said, I'll just let him in, you know. Mm-hmm. In case he starts writing again. <laughs> so there are good people, but, you know, not so many jobs worth that you get out today. I mean, yeah. the year has completely changed. You're going to get that, yeah, there's the jobs worth, and even the grasses and the... The little bitches nowadays, and how were you treated then? Were you treated with so much respect because people were feared because you were seeing Frank? Was people treat you? Oh yes, yeah, compared how... to now, I'm Billy No Mates, and everyone hates me now, you know, because I left him. But that was, as I said earlier, that was between us two, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, um, 
which I'm glad I'm not a part of that scene no more, you know. Yeah. How, because you've, because you, you do singing yourself, you're a singer. In, did you open a couple of nightclubs? Is no, that right? I don't sing, in, in, I only get up and sing in a, a pub over South London. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm going to get this project off the ground mm -hmm. to do a song, maybe crazy, and donate it to, to the mental health charity, mm -hmm. like a big mental health charity that I know of that helped me many years ago. Because in that lifestyle as well, everybody wants to meet the bad get the bad guys. And I know you went to a couple of events, you were with like Noel Gallagher and Guy Ritchie. Was well, that opening a club? Yeah, it was the as it happens, it was the club that Christine Keeler met Profumo in. And I, I was and Frank was invited down there to sing. Um I sang a couple of songs and all the stars were there, Jude Law, uh Noel Gallagher. Who else? Oh, Camilla's relations. You know the royalty. Yeah, they connected to them and I understood that Prince Harry and Prince William wanted to come, but they went, No, 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 you can't be seen with like mm -hmm. with your ex gangster in the Who was whose club was that? It was Guy Riches and Paul Ad uh, Paul Piers Adams. It must have been some club, right? Some yeah, names. Guy Ritchie was married to Madonna, that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Guy Ritchie's a big name. He does a lot of film directing. Seems mm. a nice guy. Seems a real nice guy. Yes, he was. He was courting Madonna at the time. Mm -hmm. He seemed a nice fellow because I spoke to him. How was ask? See, when you're with nine and with the bank, uh, the train robbery and stuff. How were you at school? Were you, did you go to school? How were you treated? Well, the. The teacher, I mean, there was one time that the teacher went, today's news in class, train robber escapes. No, maybe it was when he he climbed up on the roof in the prison, that was it. Because my dad was campaigning against the treatment and the conditions of the prison. And everyone had looked round, you know, that all the kids would say, Marilyn, like, it's your dad, you know, Tommy Wisby, you know, put it out there in front of kids, which I found was not nice. It was mainly like the grown-ups that were not very nice. Yeah, again, that's what people do. They judge, don't they, Marilyn? Yeah. People judge and it must have been a difficult time or a difficult life at that it point. It was when my sister passed away. What know, age was she? She was 16 in a terrible car crash. Um, it was horrible. My, my father wasn't allowed out for the funeral, which I, f I thought was disgraceful. You know, Reginald Maudlin, uh, well, he was the Prime Minister at the time. His daughter just had a baby, you know. Um, disgraceful not for him not to be allowed out to my, my sister's funeral. Yeah, why was that? He was allowed out for the hospital visit, but she was in intensive care, you know. And then um, later on, the craze were allowed out for the funeral for their mum and dad. It was all like, it just shows you like murder compared to robbery. It don't make sense mm -hmm. in this justice system of ours. Did they think your dad was going to escape or? I, I don't think, he'd, like, if he was handcuffed to two prison 
lifeguards, do you know mm. what I mean? Well, how would he escape? You know, if he had, had the hospital swarmed around with armed guards when he went to visit, why couldn't they done it at the funeral? Discreetly, within reason, do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's sad. So, so that was a kick in the face for him, especially, you know, um, having to go in Kenny Sampson's, not Kenny Sampson's, Freddie Fr Sampson's cell, whose uh, son was in the car. Yes, you've been through some trauma then, and some. And Freddie got like, apparently Freddie got beaten up and he had in prison. He had an epileptic fit and yet um, he passed away inside. And then when my dad got near a move from Parkhurst to Hull, he went. They put him in Kenny, uh, Freddie Sampson's cell, and my dad said he didn't do me no harm when he was alive. So. He won't do me no harm, mm -hmm. you know. I mean that even that was still like um, playing Ned games yeah. with me dad. Did you ever meet the Chris? I met I met Reggie. Um, me and Frank went down to see him on a visit when he was in Maidstone, towards his final, like finishing, like sentence. Reggie, and um, we sat down in the visiting room. He had his open neck. T sh uh, shirt on with a big medallion, and then he said hello, hello, and then he went off visit talking all round the tables. And when he got back, I said, "Here," I said, "Come all this way, and you're mugging us off, sitting round talking to other visitors mm -hmm. on the visit." You know, <laughs> I didn't. Oh. I didn't think uh, the Craze and Frankie got on. I, I thought they used to. I thought they were rivals. Not really, no, because Frank knew. Knew the dead more and see mm -hmm. them two grow up as you know when I was younger. Mm -hmm. Frank preferred Ronnie to Reggie, but then again, I I, I didn't go to Ronnie's funeral because I grew up with Georgia Cornell's children, so with respect to them, I didn't go to Ronnie's. There's a lot of politics in that underworld, and there's a lot of politics we can't speak to one because. Other people are fighting or at war or um I think they're more like sissies today. They behave <laughs> like women. <laughs> they, the, the, the chaps that well, I call them the chaps, I don't call them faces. Mm -hmm. the, like the criminals years ago, they was like you'd never think they was criminals. They were skinny or but well dressed. There wasn't all these Big guys with tattoos and earrings and knuckle dusters, <laughs> plastic gangsters. You know who I'm talking about, didn't you? Do you know what I mean? Whose who's who's mum was a store detective, the paid. Because you, you try to actually, you try to actually get a job, Marilyn. Did you not in a post office? Oh, that was hilarious, James. <laughs> the local social security officer tried to. Um, in, like engage 20 of us from the North London branch for posting for the Christmas post and um, put my name down and uh, he said, come back on the Tuesday, the guy. Scratching his head, he called everyone's names out. He said, I can't make it out. He said, I sat like facing him. I said, what's that? He said, your name's not been accepted. I said, I leaned over, I went, you don't think it's because my dad robbed it in 1963, mm -hmm. do you? <laughs> he said, well, that wouldn't have no 
no re relevance to you. Mm -hmm. I, I said, I, I said, well, you know, it was a big lump, you know, it was mm -hmm. a big train robbery. I said, no, as it happens, you're right, because I didn't have no convictions at the time. You know, just mine misdemeanours. Yeah, so he didn't get the job, basically, which is understandable. <laughs> you're trying to get a job in a post office and your dad's just And robbed. I even tried to get a job with a small, in a small van for Securical. <laughs> I tried every avenue of jobs as I was, you know, after I left Frank and still couldn't get a job. Why banks, though? Pardon? Why banks? Like money? Because it's a job, isn't it? Of course it is, but with the history, obviously, if your dad and seeing Frankie Fraser, people would have probably been like, ah, no, no chance. Fucking no chance. Yeah, <laughs> but that's not fair, is no, it? No, of course it's not, but you can understand your dad was one of the, robbed the one of the. But they the say biggest... no discrimination, you know. Yeah, of course, but they're well, not going to see it that did. way. It was nothing, you know. Yeah, but you did. I totally get it. But if your dad robbed a, a train which had post office money in it and you've went to get a job in a post office, man, <laughs> they'd have had no fucking chance. Is this a wind-up? <laughs> it's Because, no. uh, again, it, how, are you feel, how are you feeling now after everything? How do you feel mentally? Do you ever feel drained? Are you tired with it all? Just what a fucking whirlwind that was. Oh, that's a good question as it happens. I'm, I do miss the old days. I miss the old characters, James. I've got to be honest. Mm -hmm. When I say characters, I mean people that run pubs. I mean, the pubs today are not like you get told off as laughing in some of them. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, just the characters and... Years ago, the criminals then were like, they was polite. Um, they had manners, of, respect. Yeah, they, they'd go, if someone got nicked, they'd go around and treat the, 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 the wives, you know. Yeah, they I know. Don't do yeah, that no more. I know what you're saying, like manners and respect. People said, fuck, how can a criminal who's maybe robbery or murder have respect? But I know what you're saying. They were pleasant to the parents, they always had respect. There was always morals where. If there was a crime, it was, it's, it's weird to explain, but I understand what you're saying. They looked after themselves, they looked after the families who were in prison. So if somebody was to go to jail, they would look after the, the kids. Or, again, nowadays it's full of grasses and shite bags. It's people who think they're gangsters, people who sell drugs and they think automatically they've got a badge to be tough. Yeah. They do as it was proper. Things were sorted out as well. Not, there's, there's too much bitching nowadays, there's too much backstabbing, there's not enough loyalty. It's not enough loyalty. No. Which is tough, but then, again, in the other world, or in a life of crime, it still is a bad life. You're still hurting so many people along the way. It's everything, I always say everything has a ripple effect. Like if your dad went to prison, that would have affected you, it affected your mum, it affects so many different kinds of people yeah. in that life. And it must be, even though that day and age when you were involved in it, with it, such powerful names, it must have been a buzz for you as well. You must have been some adrenaline rush to be in that, involved in that life and surrounded with the characters you were involved I, in. I wasn't involved. I was surrounded by them. Once I knew whose daughter I belonged to, you know, once I knew I belonged to, sort of, um, I just took it as it came, you know, mm -hmm. sort of thing. Do you ever go to prison yourself, Marilyn? Do you ever go to jail or anything? Um, I was acquitted. I was acquitted um, for the cocaine because mm -hmm. it was my flat. Me and my mum. 
How much was there? How much coke? You'll have to read me book. <laughs> I'm promoting every book we can here. We've got Gangsters Malls. We've got Wrong Side of the Track, which is Marilyn's dad. I'm actually, this looks a great book, by the way. When was this released three, four years ago? Yeah, it came out, I think it came out July. Yeah, three. So this book is ago. about a two man. Yeah, about a man who was involved in the most famous robbery of all time. It happened over fifty years ago and still captures the imagination of the world today. It's the story of the ambush of the overnight Scotland to London travelling post office express and has become known as a great train robbery. Post office express. I can't believe you try to get a job in a post office. <laughs> I think it's great, but is um what's the plans for yourself for the future? Have you got any more books coming out or what do you um, see yourself doing now? I really want to concentrate on um, helping someone to write a script about my life, mm -hmm. and I'll involve a, a, like my my mum in it, Frank, and your dad, dad obviously, pre-train. I'm trying to get someone to to invest in it, mm -hmm. to pull up some money, so I'll, the rest another company will pull up the money mm. for this series. I want to do a mini-series. Yeah, so honest. how can people contact you then for anybody that's watching that's you interested in your story? Agent. I'll be your agent, not a problem. <laughs> I'll be your agent, not a problem. You know, because it, I've, I suggested it to a producer. Mm -hmm. We can get the first initial fee because you have to. it comes in stages, then you get other people to invest in it. That's of course. But you've got a story there to tell, clearly. There's more, it's, it's easier for, you know, it's... To write it down? To write it down. To, I'm a writer and a singer. Mm -hmm. I'm not really a, a conversationalist. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? So So how can people get in contact with you then if they want to get involved and maybe help you out with producing a documentary or writing a new book? Yeah, if you if, if I leave you my email, because mm -hmm. I'm always watching your vids, so yeah, yeah. if you can do that. Definitely. Or... Send me your email and we'll get the email to pop up. Yeah. And we'll do that. Because I'm coming in from a di different angle, you know. Yeah. But have you anything else you'd like to promote? Anything else you'd like to say before we finish up? Just that I'm going to upload crazy and I want to put some money towards a mental health charity. And what's your YouTube channel? It's Marilyn Wisby. And you were named after Marilyn Monroe? Yeah. Who's your mum's favourite actress? Yes, yeah. Well, Marilyn, for coming on today and coming to speak to us and telling your story, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And it's it's a crazy story, it is, if I'm not going to lie. I've got it's... a bit tongue-tied, but, yeah. Yeah, but it's, that... Yeah. It's, it's not as easy talking. It's not, it's not. I, still... I, I, I mean, Frank was terrific when he was mm -hmm. on the television. He was terrific. He, he had, he was very... But he would have had his interviews through the police for... 50, 60 he's years, so they get used to it. I used to look at him when he's having interviews and feel so proud about him. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I won't, won't keep your time and I enjoyed it very much. No, thanks for telling your story and I really appreciate it and hopefully we'll see you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you, James. You can also watch my podcast on my YouTube channel. The link is in the bio if you'd like to subscribe. You can follow me on my social media platforms to see who my next guest is. Follow me on Facebook at James English 11, Twitter, James English 0, Instagram, James English 2. You can also download these podcasts on iTunes or Spotify. Sports Social Podcast Network.